Welcome to Let's Thrive the Podcast, a place for holistic storytelling with none of the BS and a whole lot of fun. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and my mission is to interview guests that inspire, educate, and empower you to live your best life. In these stories, you'll see a part of your own journey reflected in theirs and learn to grow from it. And with that said, let's thrive. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the pod. I'm your host, the one and only host, actually, Emily Vichels, and it's a pleasure to have you all here. We are officially in 2021 as this episode releases, and I'm ready for it. I know I shared in last week's intro how I'm personally handling the sometimes apparent pressure and overwhelm of that new year, in quotation, mentality, and this entire episode is actually in support for that especially if you're someone interested in the health and wellness field, if you've struggled with an eating disorder or disordered eating, you feel the pressure of diet culture, this is the one for you. It's with the lovely queen, Emily Goss of Eat With Care. You guys love her. Her last episode resonated with so many of you and really solidified our friendships as the two Emilys in this space. (laughs) So of course I had to have her on again and it was just everything. I could have wanted for this episode. Uh, We got to catch up on life. We laughed a lot, like an abnormal, obnoxious amount, (laughs) and I had to cut some out. Um, So that's saying a lot. And then we just got into such a fire convo to share with you all about this time of year and looking past the diet culture bullshit that comes up in so many of our lives. So the premise of this episode is to support you in recovery and in life overall, just as we enter this new year diet phase that so many Like, you're already seeing it pop up, right? In the media, all over. So, Em and I discuss the pressure that comes with uh, certain holidays, big life events and such, when it comes to food, body image, and other disordered eating tendencies. So, while we may be discussing Christmas a lot in this, it relates to any life moment where diet culture thoughts, eating disorder thoughts, are keeping you from being present and truly enjoying the moment. So, for instance, we discuss, you know, the... The pressure to restrict on certain holidays or, like I said, just life events. Uh, Moments where it's like you're restricting and then a binge happens or there's guilt, shame. Like we literally discuss every scenario that could pop up because it's once more like how do we draw attention to this? How do we show people that, you know, this happens, this is normal. Don't like downward spiral because it does or don't feel like you're lost and alone. Like others go through this and so that's what this is, you know, really trying to show for it and then in that how to work through the pressure and overwhelm of diet culture that's being thrown at us right now i mean there's always a disgusting amount of diet culture surrounding us but this time of year especially i mean it can be hard even for those who are like well in recovery just to see the media and everything talking about resolutions and how you know, to make this your best year yet, and the transformation photos of, you know, someone who last year made a resolution to lose X amount of weight or to hit this milestone, and then boom, here they are, you know, with it, and it's like, no, this is not realistic, and one of my favorite parts of this conversation is you'll hear us discuss a lot about the difference between the mental, emotional side of recovery and of life versus just the physical. You guys have heard us talk about this before, like, Physical health means, I mean, like it means a lot, but you also have that, have to have that mental and emotional side. And we discuss how, you know, you see these transformation photos and it's like, oh, that's amazing. The diet must work. 
But what if you asked those people and kind of gave them like an analysis of their mental and emotional well-being? I mean, not to speak for everybody, I'm sure there's some people who are perfectly fine, but I would be very interested to see their type of speech, their thoughts, their habits uh, in regards to diet culture, disordered eating tendencies, etc. Uh, that developed because of this search and quest for their ideal perfect body. Um, so yeah, it's just a lot of good in here. I'm just so excited we are able to record this and get it out there. I know I personally have been struggling. I mean, I think a lot of us have in 2020 in general, um, and then with quarantine, and even with this end of the year, I had a lot of unexpected like old habits, thoughts come up that I just wasn't aware of and I've had a lot of friends who are strong in recovery say the same thing and it just goes to show like we are truly not alone we are all riding some kind of similar wavelength and actually sorry if my voice is like all crackly and shit I'm recording this very early morning and yeah need some water but part of my theory around this is so I was talking with some friends lately about how sometimes when you're working in an environment or be or you are in an environment with other females your cycles can sync up right like your menstrual cycles and this has been happening with women at my work I'm working to get my period back you guys know I lost it for a while from amenorrhea it's coming back like like I had it twice in the spring and then it went away and then I had it again in November bled again in December and so I'm working to try to build it back to be consistent but overall like I'm still, like, that process, it can still sync up with other women, right? When you're around them, if you're roommates, if you work, whatever. And so it's like, why wouldn't it make sense for, like, other things to sync up? You know what I mean? Like, we always say, like, oh, we're on that same wavelength or whatever, and it might sound woo-woo or cliche, but I think this is it. Like, I think it's true where when you're in a similar space and community, I mean, things just line up, and it just goes to show that, as I've said, way too many times already you are never alone there's always someone else going through it and I just hope this reassures you of that because loneliness and that like outcast feeling is truly one of the worst emotional experiences to have to work through so just because in my opinion in my experience it can lead to so many other things you know with whether that be depression anxiety and so forth so I really hope this does that for you and if it does if you listen and feel supported something clicks for you, it resonates, let us know. We love our communities. We would love to connect with you. Go ahead, share it on Instagram and tag us both. Uh, She is at Eat With Care and I'm at Emily Feichels. She also has an amazing website and it's just absolutely beautiful and stunning. She has a forum on there for eating disorder recovery. You can go connect with other like-minded individuals. It, she is truly an angel, and I'm so, so proud to know her and call her a friend. So enjoy, and also, you know, if you like this episode and you know someone in your life that could use this little bit of a reminder, some support, share it with them. Like, I love when you guys DM me and you're like, yeah, my friend shared this podcast with me, you know, I love it, and I'm like, booyah, that is friendship right there, sharing things that help. <laughs> uh, and then also, you can always message me privately or Emily, the other Emily. Uh, we love our communities and I especially just love to chat with you guys, whether that's with audio message or regular message and just sort of learn a bit more about you because I truly do this all for you. So as always, happy to connect with you and without further ado, let's begin. Like the amount of change I've seen in myself in the past two months of this move 
is like more than I had in all of 2020 back home. You know what I mean? Like, wow. Like yes. Pushes yeah. you. It's like, you've got to go. You've got to like keep growing. Otherwise mm-hmm. you're just going to like curl up in a ball and cry. So yes, that could, that could have happened as well. So the fact exactly. that you're on the other side of that thriving, trying to thrive. Good it's, for you. Trying. I mean, yeah. <laughs> We got to set our expectations. Exactly. <laughs> Let's try to thrive. <laughs> We're just giving it a go. We're just trying here every day. Oh my gosh. You renamed the podcast that. <laughs> trying to thrive. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's like a good way of like describing my life though. You know, <laughs> just like trying oh, my best. I feel like we all uh, are. No, I, yeah. I feel that. No, but how is everything? I've been like, you're like snowy. Oh my God. Like I'm just so nostalgic for East coast seasons right now that I've been like, well, obviously I always love your content, but like anytime you post like the outdoor nature, like cozy stuff, I'm like, ah, <laughs> like, I'm living vicariously through you. <laughs> yes. That's the one perk. It's very cold, but the snow is just like the best. Mm-hmm. I was in PA the other day. Um, just like I literally like walked over the border, like over a bridge and just like dipped my foot in PA and then turned around. You're like, um, this is Emily's yeah. home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, hey. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's been really good. Being home has been great. I've been home for I want to say a month now, maybe over that. And then I'm gonna go back to Boston for my last semester of college, which is like wow. nauseating, like wow. to think about. But um, yeah, just moving along. Being at home is good. Um, I miss the independence that you're feeling right now, but being around my family, it's been nice. Yes. Yeah. No, I know. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if anything, this is like the one time of year where it's like, okay to just be like a kid again and sit on the couch and (laughs) and eat cookies and like not have the independence. (laughs) Me last night. I literally sat on the couch and ate cookies last night and I opened up Christmas presents because my mom's a teacher. So she gets presents like, you know, Uh up to Christmas from her students. So yeah, that was, you literally just described my vibe and I'm almost 22. So (laughs) I love it though. I mean, I was, yeah, last night I made Christmas cookies, watched some Netflix, and then I sat on the couch and I ate my cookies by my tree. And I was like, this is living. <laughs> this is all I want. Yes, it is. Literally. If only every day could be like that. Like, why do we have oh, to wait for Christmas? I know. You know? Oh, 100%. <laughs> like, that's something that needs to be discussed here. Like, why are we only taking time to sit on the couch and eat cookies for Christmas? Oh my, oh my god. god. Yeah. I love us. I love this. <laughs> and then we're gonna like transition into talking about like the hardships of the yeah, holidays. I know. <laughs> it's like, oh we love Christmas. Oh my god, this also sucks. <laughs> this is so hard. It's okay. talking about Christmas cookies the whole time. People listening are like, uh... <laughs> oh I know. And then yeah, it's like and then I have to I have to remember like this is coming out after Christmas too. So yes. it's like Cause I'm like, yeah, we love Christmas, but this is also coming out after Christmas, but no. The countdown is on. Exactly. For next year. I know. And that's what like, I'm like this conversation, we can literally discuss like anything and everything that comes up. Like I love like, like the last time we talked, it just, we just vibed off each other. And so this Mm -hmm. time it can go like that too. And anything you want to bring up, like bring it up. Cause I will just follow your lead and we'll be like set to go, but amazing. Well, we are just discussing Christmas cookies and Christmas for a solid seven minutes now into recording. Um, However, like this podcast will be out post Christmas, but I think it's still an important question to ask and start off with, which is what is your favorite Christmas cookie for everyone that is wondering right now? 
oh my gosh right of the thousands of people wondering what my favorite Christmas cookie is this is Mm. important it is my mom makes these really good almond cookies dipped in dark chocolate and we only have them around Christmas time and they're like refined and kind of like adulty but they're really delicious and I could eat many at a time but what about you (laughs) okay well I have to say (laughs) that sounds really good and Mm -hmm. I'm I'd say for me, it's something similar where an aunt of mine used to make these sugar cookies and they weren't just like typical sugar cookies. Like these are the best sugar cookies I've ever eaten in my life. And there was something so special about them. She would only make them for special events. So it was kind of like, you know what I mean? It was like when they came out, like you went all in, you know what I mean? Like, you know, these cookies are only here for like anniversaries, weddings, maybe one other holiday, like you best enjoy them. And so those are my favorite. Unfortunately, mm. yeah, I, I need to get the recipe, but like, there was just something special about them. Ooh. Like you said, you know, like cookies seem simple, but a good cookie is just like, yeah. And when notch. it's only right. And when it's only made once a year, yes. it just tastes better. You know, oh, it's like, I'm not going to, you know, get this in the middle of May. So I might as well fully dive in now. Yeah. So. It's like you sit there <laughs> yeah. and you're just like closing your eyes and you're like, ah, this is so good. I know. Yes. Yeah. So shout out Shell, Shelly Goss, yes. um, <laughs> providing the deliciousness. Um, she's probably going to cry when she hears me shout her out on a podcast. <laughs> she's peaked. Maybe she'll make you cookies she has for peaked. it. Oh my God. <gasps> my plan. It's working. Yeah. She hasn't made them this year, actually. Oh my Ooh. God. All right, I'm going to have to have a little discussion with her, but. (laughs) Bombshell moment here. (laughs) Well, and like that being said, I guess I sort of want to ask because, okay, so like what we're saying here, right, is like these cookies that only come about once, maybe twice a year, like they're extra special. They taste amazing. And I think something that that sort of like made me think of is like in years past, right, when this time would come up, I'd know like this is my only chance to eat these cookies. And yet I just wouldn't eat them. Like I would Mm. literally torture myself by not allowing myself to like enjoy these special moments, these holiday foods that I absolutely adore. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like, I use that mentality of, you know, like, I just, I can't have these, you know, whatever they are, my fears around them. Was that something you ever struggled with? Or have you always been able to just sort of like enjoy around the holidays? Mm. Um, unfortunately there were, there was like a solid, I want to say like three years, um, at the beginning of my recovery where the holiday season was really, really hard for me specifically around Thanksgiving. Um, and then also Christmas, um, just, I remember, um, it's because I got, so (laughs) let me backtrack a little bit. I got discharged from um, inpatient treatment literally like two days before Thanksgiving. And I remember having such high hopes, like telling my dietitian, my therapist, like, I don't want a meal plan on Thanksgiving. I just, I feel like I can trust myself. I've always loved the holiday seasons. Like, I just want to, you know, go back to intuitive eating and um, just, you know, eat eat all the delicious holiday goods and Thanksgiving rolled around. And I think that I like set my expectations a little bit too high from like what I would be capable of doing. And I just shut down on Thanksgiving day. Um, And that kind of set the tone for like the holiday seasons to come in the years following because um, my eating disorder didn't go away suddenly on Thanksgiving and it didn't suddenly go away on Christmas. And I remember being really sad Um, because I've grown up always loving the holiday season and then my eating disorder just stripped me of that joy. Um, And I remember just, it was like 
Thanksgiving 2014 or something like that. And it was just like one of the worst days ever. Like, I don't like, I don't even know what I ate. Like, I would just like uh, kind of trap myself away. And I cried that day and my family was really concerned. And like I said, it set the tone um, as kind of like this big day that I just wanted to go back to my life before the eating disorder. And then I just couldn't. Um, and that, you know, happened for a solid three years, um, I want to say. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's something many of us can relate to. And I think, you know, thinking on that, what it made me realize is that I did have years where that was the case. Right. And I, I did follow through with that, like thought of, oh, I'm not going to enjoy this or that, like just having fears and anxiety and everything around the day and the foods involved. But then there are also years where I was able to just sort of have that like fuck it mentality Mm. and I would enjoy the foods. Um, as we all know, though, when you restrict, when you have like these limits and these things set though, when you do allow yourself to enjoy, you can really like let yourself enjoy. And sometimes it can, you know, like bring up a lot of feelings and emotions. So then the days following, I would just be like, so disappointed, disgusted, upset with myself of like, how could I have like, you know, gone all in like that on that day and the day after whatever it was. And I think it was like, it was like that fear of like the guilt and everything I would feel after letting myself enjoy so thoroughly that would then keep me in future years from doing that again. Mm. So it's like, have you, have you ever experienced that too, where it's like, you do let yourself enjoy, but then you have like this guilt and shame spiral that happens afterwards and just really like puts you backwards in any sense of recovery. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And the phrase that you mentioned, you fear the guilt. I resonate with that so much. That held me back so much in my recovery, like especially around the holidays, like not even the like feeling of guilt, but fearing, feeling guilty. That would lead me to restrict. And then, um, you know, as I developed um, binge eating behaviors, they just were expedited around the holidays. I remember like, so it was like that first holiday, like when I got discharged from treatment that I just like shut down and was really struggling with restriction. And then a couple of years after that, like you were mentioning, like you have this fear of guilt. So you restrict and you hold so tightly onto your meal plan. And it doesn't matter that it's Thanksgiving. You're not going to get another serving. Um, It doesn't matter that it's Christmas. You're only supposed to have one snack a day. So you're not going to go get those cookies after dinner, like little rules like that. um, Because again, I feared that guilt. Like I just, I hated feeling guilty around, um, food and nobody likes to feel guilty, you know, and my eating disorder made me feel guilty whenever I ate, um, intuitively. And so that definitely held me back. And I, I have so many, well, like two Thanksgivings, two Christmases specifically, um, you know, in my mind where I just, you know, the classic restrict, 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 and then, um, the lights go off and it's nighttime and I'm alone and I'm, you know, rummaging through the fridge through you know tinfoil covered paper like uh, paper plates like just you know binging alone on Christmas or on Thanksgiving and just um like I mentioned before my eating disorder didn't stop on those holidays my eating disorder it was still there um and that um yeah so the shame um was plentiful (laughs) uh those years definitely yeah and I think you know, what we then see is where the diet culture and the media and everything sort of like swoops in at that time, because it's like, 
when you do have those moments where you allow yourself to enjoy whatever it is, and then maybe you fall into a guilt or shame spiral, like it's then like diet culture, the media, everything around us is there to like swoop in and sort of be like, okay, so you did this, this, and this. Now it's time to start this diet or do this cleanse or do this reset. They sort of like remind you of all the reasons why you should, you know, pointing out things that you might be feeling in your body or foods that you might've eaten or whatever it is. And I think that that's like the dangerous combination there is it's bad enough to like feel this way about yourself, right. To feel like guilty or shameful or disappointed. And then to have like another source come in and kind of like reaffirm that to you Mm -hmm. of like, yeah, you did do this and you did do that. And here's how we can fix you. Like, it's such a dangerous combination I feel. And I know for me personally, that was something I'd always fall into, especially with the new year, right? Like Mm. what perfect timing, new year, new you, I'm saying this in air quotes, right after (laughs) like Christmas. Like, I just think like that's like a whole other issue when it comes to allowing yourself to have any sort of freedom around like these special days. Totally. And it, it adds to the fear going into the holidays, like knowing afterwards, like, what if I don't stop eating? Like, what if Christmas just leads to me, like, you know, gaining so much weight and I never stop and I'm not able to like reel it back in, in the new year, like everybody else is. And like, I'm supposed to like, it just diet culture heightens this like mentality that the holidays are such a big deal and it's going to break you and it's going to, um, you know, make you gain so much weight. And if you do gain weight, that's a bad thing. And then New Year's comes around and you're supposed to have the goal of losing it. And whether or not you're internally internalizing these messages, like consciously, like we all internalize them subconsciously, like nobody's immune to that, you know? So it like adds to this fear, which adds to the stress, which makes the eating disorder voices louder, which makes you not enjoy the holidays, which makes you sad on the holidays, which makes you retreat back into the eating disorder. Like it's just a terrible cycle, something that's supposed to be so special and beautiful, like the holiday season. If you do celebrate Christmas, Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, whatever, um, it's just stripped of all of that joy. Yeah, and something I wanna ask you as just sort of, not a rhetorical question, but as something to get people thinking and what you kind of going off what you said there is, when we do have these cravings or these urges and we do follow through and we allow ourselves to eat them, like for you personally, did you ever stop? Right. Like Mm. let's, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. this is not something that continues forever. Right. So like, how did that cycle work for you when you did allow yourself to enjoy these foods or follow the cravings um, or just really kind of go in with that, like all in mentality towards Mm -hmm. food? Yeah. I, so it wasn't, I think, in the past, like the holiday season, I wasn't like fully, it's kind of hard to explain. I think it was only in the past couple of years that the holidays brought me no anxiety and I was able to eat like pretty intuitively during them. Like thanks, I just had Thanksgiving. There was no anxiety. Um, I didn't binge. I didn't restrict. It was just a joy filled day. Um, And it's because I was in a really good place in my recovery leading up to it. I think when we put pressure on like, okay, by Thanksgiving, I have to like be able to eat intuitively and, you know, or by Christmas or by New Year's or whatever, like it's, it's not like one day you're going to wake up on Christmas and be like, oh my gosh, like, okay, recovery is happening today. Like I can do this. Like it's a matter of like preparing yourself and working on recovery and in, you know, months, days, weeks prior to it so that that foundation is laid so that, the holidays just like, aren't that big of a deal. Does that make any sense? Yeah. And I, and Mm -hmm. I think like what can come of that then is 
it's like you are right. Okay. So I think what I'm like also thinking in this sense is that when people fear foods or they have these cravings or with the holidays, it's that fear of if I start, I'll never stop. Right. Like Mm. you said, like, I won't be able to reel it in by the new year. And I think that like what you've portrayed and what you've said, like, even with that statement right there of now, like the holidays, like they are zero anxiety because you've built up to it. It's that idea of like, when you've done the work beforehand, I mean, like when you allow yourself to enjoy these foods, like there might be some time where you do want them again and again and again, but like that doesn't happen forever. Right. Like you came Mm -hmm. to a point where you were able to stop and say like, no, I'm content now. I don't need any more. Yeah. And that's because I'm not restricting anymore. Like with any semblance, I mean, the last time I talked to you, it all came back, like all of my issues in my eating disorder come back to restriction. So it's like, I had to, instead of, I feel like we look at the holidays as like, okay, I have to stop eating and I can only have one dessert Mm -hmm. and I can't like, we, we limit ourselves, which increase, like it just, it increases the anxiety. And if you struggle with binging, it increases the chances that you're going to binge. Whereas like, if you focus not on like taking things away, but just like looking at the food that's like out on the table, thinking about what you, it's very hard to do. I'm grateful to be at the place where like, I do that without anxiety, but I understand that it's really difficult um, to get to that place. But it's just like, like every point in recovery, the holiday season or not, restriction is the enemy (laughs) and it leads to you know increased anxiety increases increased chances of binging and guilt and shame and all of those things oh yes a hundred percent if there was like a root a root at the bottom of this all it would be like the restriction whether that's like mental emotional, or the physical restriction and Mm -hmm. I think that that's something like we can discuss now maybe like when it is going into the new year Um, and there's all these thoughts rolling, you know, going through your mind and there's all this messaging coming at us about different ways to restrict, you know, whether that's going onto some sort of new diet or eating plan, or whether that's, you know, like amping up your fitness or restricting like so many different ways, like, let's just discuss a bit about how that can like bounce back to really kick you in the ass. Right. Mm. Because it is like that basis of when you restrict, like, this is what happens. And I guess, you know, looking at years past, was there ever times where you struggled in like the beginning of like a new year with starting something new to sort of help, you know, get you quote unquote back on track or help you Mm -hmm. reset and then how that sort of affected you in the long run? Yeah, uh, definitely. (laughs) I mean, when I was like struggling with binging and restricting, um, like especially around the new years and basically any, um, it was... uh, I was just always trying to get out of the cycle. So I always planned like, okay, you know, next week I'm never going to binge again. And so when the new year's roll rolls around and the media is telling you that's a good idea. And that's what, you know, that's what everybody's doing. It's like, how could you not fall into that mindset? So, but it always led me to fall back into the cycle again. Like, I feel like we need to look at the evidence here of how many people, like actually stick to a new year's resolution regarding weight loss and cleansing and exercise and all those things. Like, I don't know a single person, like people that are so hyper-focused on like changing their whole life on January 1st. It's like, that's not maintainable. Um, and it's like, it just sucks that, you know, we're fed these messages that that is attainable and that it is going to bring us joy and that it is going to make us successful. And then by the year 2022, like you should look totally different and your life should be totally different. It's like, oh my God, like 
it's, that's a lie. Like that's yeah. never happened. Like I, I don't know a single person where that's worked. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I, the beginning of 2020, for example, I had multiple cousins doing whole 30. Great. That's their own mm-hmm. decision. I know some people really love it, whatever, you know, I'm not stating one thing or another, but they were talking to me about it and I was helping prepare some of the foods for them. And they were just explaining like their frustration, how every year they do whole 30 in January, it lasts until, you know, like February. And then by spring, like they've already started to gain the weight back. They've felt those like uncontrollable desires to like eat the foods they restricted all this stuff. And then by summer, they're feeling bad about their bodies. And I'm just like, ah, what a cycle. Like, this is it. This is the cycle. It's just like a constant way of like pulling you back into all of these thoughts and habits and emotions. And that's just like one example, like the gym could do the same thing to you. Um, like getting these like diagnoses, right. Of like, oh, you have IBS. Now let's do low FODMAP. Like, I know there's so many things that people have to do and we are told we have to do, but like, we also have to understand what the consequences of them can be and then make the like an educated decision on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the tricky part is like, once you're in that cycle, it's so hard to believe that like, it's so hard to believe that like, it's, it's not going to work. I think the thing that like keeps a person coming back to either going on a diet and then it doesn't work, but they still go on another diet or you restrict and then you binge and then you restrict again and you binge. Like, I think at least for me, like, my brain just always convinced me that like this time it's going to work this time I can restrict and I'm going to lose weight and I'm never going to binge again and I'm going to be happy and like it just never worked and like I feel like around the holiday season like like your cousins like have years of evidence showing them that like that reset quote unquote on January 1st it's not sustainable and and at the end of the year they're sad and it's like that's not the point so I think that we have to like it's really helpful for me to look at like the evidence, like I'm not a scientist, but it's helpful for me to like, think about years prior. Like, did this ever work for me? Did this ever bring me lasting joy? Did a quote unquote reset on January 1st ever like make me happy by year's end? No, it's like just kind of instead moving through the year, not placing so much emphasis on like 2020 has to be my year and 2021, I have to look so buff and amazing. It's like, no, let me just move intuitively. Like <laughs> that's what works for me. Um, putting so much pressure on ourselves. It just, it's not, um, it doesn't work. Yeah. And I, I did a post on this the other day because it kind of hit me where similar to you, I had all of these moments in time where I'd say like, okay, after this, no more of this, like yes. crazy restriction and then leading to binging, no more of this. And I shared, it came to me as like, I've always set myself for these, like, this is it moments of, you know what I mean? Like, and it's sort of that idea with like each diet or new thing you, you start where it's like, this is it. Like, this is my end goal. Once I reach this, like, I'm happy, I'm done. I'm set with this. But like, what happens is that like, there aren't like these end goals. There aren't this, these, this is it moments because like everything is constantly changing and growing. So it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, maybe you complete the cleanse or the diet or the fitness program and you have your, this is it moment, but like that passes so quickly because then life happens and maybe you get sick or you get added stress or your work life changes, or you have a kid or you get married or any of these things. And it's like, if you set that expectation of how life is going to be when you reach this 
quote unquote end goal, this, this is it moment. Like you're only bound to find yourself like unsatisfied, unhappy, always like yearning for more because you just become like obsessed with this expectation. And it's, Mm -hmm. that's like what, like these, these programs and these diets and all this like new year, new you stuff is about. It's like the, this is it. This is what will like quote unquote fix you. This is what will make you happy. And that's just not the case. Like life Mm -hmm. is, life is just throwing you curveballs constantly. And you've got to kind of like go with the flow. And I don't know. I mean, that's kind of how I like started to think about it earlier this year too, as like a way to remind myself, as you said, every other time I've said this to myself, what has happened afterwards, Emily? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And the, like that, this is it. Like that is so like, I just resonate so much with that. Like either this is the last time I binge or this time, you know, my restriction is going to work or like, and it's just, unfortunately it took me like six years of doing that and realizing it was leading me nowhere to get to the point where I was like hmm like (laughs) maybe that wasn't working like maybe I should try something different but um I don't think it has to take that long I don't think that you necessarily need to hit those like rock bottom moments where you try something like 25 times and it still doesn't work for you to realize like hopefully if you're in this mindset and you're listening right now you can use Emily and I as evidence for yourself that like this um you know reset mentality and this is it mentality it's not um like I don't know how else to say it besides it doesn't work and I think the problem like it makes me think of like there are a handful of people out there who and this is like what we see in like diet culture media who like go through this incredible transformation like in the new year like I saw a video the other day on um, Instagram it was like this woman who she was speaking she's like okay it's like 2019 and I want to lose weight and then she showed herself like afterwards and she had lost weight she's like I did it it's 2020 and I'm like a totally different person I think we see these like handful of people uh, handfuls is that right I don't know how to speak (laughs) handfuls of people where I don't even know if it like if works is the right um like way to put it but where they like healthfully lose weight and their life is quote unquote better I mean that's at least like what we see on the media so then we think like oh that's possible for us and like I should do that um when really like if we look at the evidence again like 99% of the time it won't work unfortunately the media makes it seem like 100% of the time it works well and as you said the media it's not showing the mental emotionals right so it's showing these physical transformations and that's what diet culture and the media use. They use the physical transformations, the physical evidence of this can work because these things are possible. It is possible to do all of this. Mm -hmm. However, like nobody is talking, nobody is showing, nobody is opening up about the mental and the emotional side of it. So yes, that woman probably had all of her physical dreams come true in that year. Great for her. We love Mm -hmm. to see it. However, I'd love, I would love to give an analysis of her mental an emotional mindset regarding oh. food, body image, and fitness after that. And I'd also love to ask her, you know, like how she would feel if she were to, you know, like gain weight during pregnancy or like any of these other questions, yes. right? Like mm-hmm. those are the life moments that when they come in, like you need, like if you can't mentally, emotionally accept that these life moments can happen and they probably may happen, then like that right there is like a little red flag of like, okay, something's off in your mental, emotional landscape right here. 
Right. Or like you're focusing on your like physical health and body for the wrong reasons. That's yes. like such a good point. Like, and we don't see that. We don't like nobody who is like a weight loss influencer on Instagram. Like we don't see them talking about like, hey, like my weight loss actually didn't bring me everything in my life. Like we, instead they're like, I'm so happy and everything's good. And I was so much more sad back then. And then I lost a hundred pounds and now my life is better. It's like, let's like there's just there's something like I mean hopefully they are happy Mm -hmm. but like those questions that you're asking like well what if you were to gain weight would you be okay with that like um what is your stress level what are your stress levels like like are you tired all the time how how often do you rest like little things like that little life-giving moments like we don't see that on those pages and in diet culture and that's like a really a really good point that you just mentioned well yeah and I think you know, it's just something where I think you do a very good job of this. And it's something I'm starting to work towards, which is having like that self-compassion for my body um, so that I can prioritize mental and emotional health as top priority. Mm. I spent so many years thinking of my body as top priority, you know, like either how I wanted it to look, how I wanted it to feel or how I wanted it to heal from like certain health things I went through. And like, this has been the first year where I've started to realize like, I want mental, emotional health as top priority. And then as long as my body is like doing okay enough, like I'm alive, I'm living, I'm sort of thriving. Um, (laughs) We're trying. Yeah, we're trying here, (laughs) trying to thrive. Um, Like in that sense, it's like, okay, well then how can I just have self-compassion for my body and how it is and right here, right now, while I firstly prioritize, you know, like, okay, Emily, how are you doing mentally? How are you doing emotionally? Now, like, how do you feel physically? How do you feel in your body? And I think you do such a great job with that like self-compassion piece, at least from my perspective, I'd love to hear like how you feel in regards to like self-compassion when it comes to your body and everything in that sort of sense. Mm -hmm. Thank you for saying that. Um, I, (laughs) thanks Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think similarly to you in the past, again, it just took me like many years of focusing so heavily on my body and realizing it was leading me no nowhere to make the decision pretty much out of like mere exhaustion. Like I need to prioritize my mental health over all things. And fortunately I've noticed I've never felt more confident in my body as I do right now. Um, I have no idea how much I weigh. I don't body check my body anymore. Like I just, I don't think about it in the same way that I did, but I'm more confident. It's because I'm happier. I think we put this emphasis like on, well, if we look a certain way, then confidence is inevitable. Like if we look a certain way, then I will be happy because that's what we're taught. Um, if I lose weight, then I will feel successful where in reality, it takes like getting to those points and realizing like, oh shit, I didn't do the mental work and I'm actually miserable, like to realize that the two don't always correlate. And if you focus on like, as far as self-compassion goes, like I just realized like the happier I am and the more um, genuine I'm being like with myself and the people around me, I just, I feel um, just so different about my body because I'm like, okay, well, my body is carrying me, carrying me through all of this, you know, I I don't know, just it's, I feel like I'm a better person when I'm not focusing on my body so much. And in turn, it makes me look at my body differently and with more compassion and more confidence. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, it almost, it's like the switch between like living for your body, right? Where it's like everything you do, everything you eat, everything you think when you're in that mindset is like for your body to look or be a certain way 
versus how it naturally is, which is your body is here for you to live. Like Mm -hmm. your body is here for you to go out and enjoy life and do all the things and support you. And I think so many of us get stuck in that mindset of, right. Like that's how I look back on some of my years where I struggled most, which is, it's like my body was like my life, right? Like everything I did was for my body and trying to change it, make it a certain way versus now where it's like, I still struggle in moments, but overall, like, it's like my body is here for me to live. And now like my core focus isn't on like my body, how it looks, how it feels, et cetera. It's, I don't know, it's sort of like hard to explain in that sense, but I think it's just a mindset shift, right? Of like shifting focus and like, like where are your priorities in a sense? Yeah, no, I, you explained that very well. And it's, I was just thinking about this recently. Like, I feel like the shift in my recovery happened once I realized that like my eating disorder was still in the front seat and my eating disorder was not me and like whether it's your eating disorder whether it's anxiety disordered eating um self-loathing like all of that stuff those things that's not you you I mean not to get too like meta here but you have like uh like you Emily are Emily you are not your eating disorder you are not your stress you are not your struggle And so when we take those things and we like, we don't let them be in the driver's seat, like that's when change comes. And that's when you can start like trusting yourself and like being like, I'm not going to listen to you eating disorder because I don't want you in the front seat. I'm in the front seat, me, Emily, like (laughs) I control my life. And, and, you know, you've only brought me pain and like around the holidays, like moving through, you know, Christmas or whatever you celebrate, like eating disorder, you're making me really sad right now. You're telling me that I'm going to gain a ton of weight. You're telling me that if I do that, that's a bad thing. You're telling me that I have to reset. That's not what I think. That's what you think. I'm going to separate myself from you. You don't deserve to be here on (laughs) during this holiday season and like fully like finding empowerment and like literally punching your struggles in the face and saying like, nope, I don't want that. Like little like (laughs) whack-a-moles like, and you come back like to yourself. And I think that that's what I've realized in my own recovery, like just the more deeply I like nestle into full recovery, so to speak, like just the more myself I feel, the more, the more I feel like my, like, I don't know, like seventh grade self before all of this happened. And like, that was always my goal. And it is possible to get back to that. Yes. And I think we talked about this in the last episode too, but it's like, when people say, like, oh, you seem so different or you feel so different when you start to recover. Like, that's why, because Mm -hmm. when you're struggling so deeply with disordered eating, eating disorder or anxiety, depression, anything, insert any word there, you're not yourself. Like you quite literally have something else guiding your, like nearly every thought, every motion, every action, every habit. Like there is something, you know, we use, we oftentimes try to find control in these tendencies or habits, but in reality, like they're the ones controlling us. And like I said, that can be men, that can be depression, anxiety, disordered eating, whatever it is. And I think like, that's, it's so neat when you start to unravel more parts of yourself that were hidden for so long, you start to find that like inner child that was so like innocent and pure before, like just like everything from the outside world started to like imprint on you. And you start to become like your most authentic self. Like that word authentic is thrown around, but like There is nothing more authentic than you yourself becoming free from like these things that weigh on us and take control and like take, just take complete, I guess. Yeah. Control, whatever Mm -hmm. word I'm trying to find there (laughs) for our life. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, why isn't that the goal? Like, why isn't like the media saying that? Like, mm-hmm. instead, like, I feel like we would all be encouraged to like, you know, um, let go of this like eating disorder, disordered eating mindset. If like the media was like, Hey, like that's actually not going to make you happy. And we're, and we have like proof of that. And like, if you let's all focus on like finding our inner child and let's all focus on like, you know, intuitive eating and like trying to come back to that. Like, um, if only that was the message, those were the messages that we were receiving. Unfortunately they're not, but that doesn't mean that it's, um, impossible to make that decision for yourself. And like, I, I use this visual all the time of like coming into my little bubble, my little recovery bubble. And like, no matter what is going on around me, whether it's like a triggering comment from a family member or a triggering Instagram story or something like that, I literally will like close my eyes and picture myself in a bubble and be like, my recovery is the most important thing. And I know for a fact that it is bringing me joy and it will bring me lasting joy. Then like, if I don't prioritize that and I um, start listening to those outside voices like um, the eating disorder will be right there to pull me back so like I think especially around the holidays that can be you know a helpful visual like just walk around in your little bubble you know you're a little impenetrable recovery bubble I'm right there with you I'm in a little bubble too <laughs> Fall, just some bubbles bopping around come in my bubble <laughs> <laughs> come join me um no I mean that's like a whole other thing I think what was big for me was even identifying what triggers are, what mine specifically are, and just like awareness. Awareness is so important in so many aspects of life, but especially in recovery, being aware of what does trigger you, what sets you off. When do you need to go into that bubble? When do you need extra support? Um, Being aware of the thoughts that are not your own, being aware of the habits that you go to when you're feeling out of control, when you're feeling upset or triggered, like having that awareness is key. And I think like for me personally, one of the most, one of the ways I can be most aware is, is that like, is going within, like this can be different for anyone. Like for you, it's like going in that bubble. For me, it's just like this like safe little nook I've created in my mind through like moments of silence, moments of meditation, whatever it's been for you. Like maybe for some people it's prayer. Like I just have this like little nook inside of my mind where like, I can just like close my eyes and imagine myself there. And it's like, that's me, right? Like that's me. And that's when I can be aware of like what's setting me off right now, what habits aren't serving me, what's coming up for me right now. Like, I love that idea of a bubble or a safe space or something just to like help ground you and make you feel safe and help you be aware of like what's coming at you right here and right now. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I love that visual of the little nook inside your mind. That's better than my like weird bubble that I'm in. Bubbles are more fun. <laughs> no, but, but I love like a, a nook or it, like that help, that visual is actually really helpful. Like we're not just saying this as like, you know, like I oh, use yeah. this like, yeah, it's like a real coping skill. Like mm-hmm. if um, I think especially being at home, it brings up triggers that um, I don't experience when I'm like living on my own. Um, and so it's been really important for me to, in order to maintain my recovery, to just like come back into myself not put energy into like the triggering things that are happening around me, but just like a retreat is the wrong word, but yeah, like retreat back into, um, into myself, into my recovery. Um, because that's all we have control over, right? Like we don't have control over diet culture. We don't have control over your crazy aunt. That's going to tell you that you gained weight or whatever. Like we don't have control over that. And instead of like trying so hard to like fix that and like, you know, I I don't know, like, um, 
focusing your energy inward can um can have some really positive effects. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, in those situations, it's so easy to want that control and to try to manipulate the situation. So mm-hmm. if it's the food that's giving you anxiety, maybe you try to manipulate it by bringing your own food. That's like your safe food. Right. Or if it's like the ant that you think is going to say something like, I know I've done this in the past where I'll just completely avoid them. And, you know, while that can have its moments and it can work, like I've also like missed out on a lot of family time because I was avoiding particular situations or people. And sometimes you do need to do that. But I think it's also like you said, where you're not letting these things also rule your life and control you. Like you've got to face them at some point, mm-hmm. but like, can you face them, but also be in that like safe space, have that bubble to retreat to, um, you know, when it does become too much or when you do feel the need to. Um, Cause like at the end of the day, like we all do live in a very, real world and we you know we we have to face these things at one point or another it's just like how will you face them what tools can you use and how will it all go down and that comes back to what you were saying before about like um increasing the awareness that you have about like how your brain works um what triggers you what comes up for you when you're triggered do you respond with anger do you respond with sadness stress isolation like And that can, um, especially around the holidays when we have this date, it's like the 25th. I know that that's Christmas. I know that the foods are going to be different and I'm going to be around different people. I think it's like lofty to assume that like you're not going to feel triggered at one point or or another, but that doesn't mean that the day, that the day has to go to shit. If you get triggered, mm-hmm. I think that that was always my thing. It was like, I cannot get triggered. Like I am walking around, like if anybody, you know, pokes me, I'm just going to like fall over and die. Like <laughs> I, um, like just realizing that, like, even if I do feel really, really triggered, I can still choose recovery. Like it doesn't automatically mean that I have to restrict and I have to run to the eating disorder because that's the only thing that brings me comfort. Like, it's very hard to not do that, but it's not impossible and conditioning yourself to respond to triggers instead with like self-compassion with coping skills with healthy coping skills as opposed to responding to a trigger with like anger and anxiety and all of those things like conditioning yourself again to respond in a different way and doing that consistently make the triggers happen less and less frequently oh yeah 100 percent. i think what you said there is like finding yeah, like if this happens, how will I respond or how do I want to respond? Um, Cause I think that's so crucial and something I struggled with and I'm sure many did is like my reaction to something like that would be like, okay, I'm going to restrict, I'm going to overexercise mm-hmm. or flip-flop, I'm going to binge and just like, fade, you know, like mm-hmm. fade out, not want to deal with this. Um, but it's like, how can we maybe not rely on like those, those habits, those tendencies, like when that mm-hmm. comes up. Um, mm-hmm. So I love that. And I mean, you know, this all being said, it's still hella hard to move through any of this holidays, recovery, day-to-day life, all of it. And not only have you created like an amazing Instagram community supportive of this, where you share like the most amazing captions, like every time you post, I'm just like, whew, I need to read this. (laughs) And then like, not only that, but you just launched your own blog and you have a whole other community there. So I just want you to talk a bit about like, you know, the blog and what's happening there, how like you're like doing this work to support others. Um, and I know it's not all on you, right? Like it's the amazing women that you've like attracted to your tribe, your community, like they're doing this work too. They're supporting Mm -hmm. each other. So like, let's just like hear a bit about that in case anyone's really kind of needing that right now. Mm, Thank you, Em. This is my first time. It's really cool 
like having somebody acknowledge that. Like, I feel like I, um, this is my first time talking about this. I mean, I haven't been on a podcast in like a long time, but anyway, (laughs) I like, so I worked on my website for a really long time. Um, and I just worked on it alone. And, um, my sister, my older sister, um, gave me the idea to create a forum on there because I really wanted the website to not be just me like writing blog posts about my life. Like I wanted it to be a community, um, which is like what I value on my Instagram too. And then when I, but I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know if anybody would like understand how to post in the forum. I didn't know if anybody would want to. I didn't know if anybody would want to share like, you know, intimate details of their recovery and things like that. But when I launched it, like automatically a bunch of people signed up and people from like all over the world, which was like insane. Like, I think there are like 72 countries. Like I can see it like on Squarespace, which is like where I have the forum. It's just mind blowing. It is safe. It is recovery oriented. These women are incredible. The people that post on there. I mean, it's beyond my wildest expectations. I would have been happy discussing with like one other person. You know what I mean? And the fact that so many people like I just think it's really encouraging, especially this time of year where we're just like plagued with diet culture. It's really cool to know that there are other young women out there, young, old men, women, whatever who are recovery oriented and who, who do get it, you know, like, I feel like it can feel very isolating to be in recovery this time of year, but like, yeah, if you ever, I mean, you could just take one look at the forum and be like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. That's really cool. (laughs) You know, like there's a, there's a girl in Germany who like (laughs) felt the same way as I did, um, you know, about that situation or something like that. It's just, it's been surreal, amazing, incredible, wonderful, spicy, fun. (laughs) It's just been awesome. <laughs> Spicy, I love it. I don't know. <laughs> spice it. Why did I just say that? It's you the spice of life. Spicing up. Oh no. Oh no, girl. I'm keeping it in. <laughs> no. That was my favorite part of this episode. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so I I say the most odd random things on here. It's okay. I had like an intro two weeks ago where I was like I introed by talking about how it was like 11 at night and my cat had just like shit all over my bathroom floor. <laughs> and I'm like, why am I doing this? But it's like the real life. So we're going to keep it. And so we're going to spicy you in there. T- you could have <laughs> talked about anything else. Anything oh, else. <laughs> I think I was in such a pissed off mood. I'm like, you know what, family? My let's start family. Like I'm struggling. <laughs> smells like oh, shit in here. Yeah. My cat just shit. Oh my God. That is, that's hilarious. All right. My, my little spicy that like pales in comparison to yeah, that. No, anecdote. I mean, that is honestly nothing. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, well, yeah. I'm just like, so appreciative of you and the work you do and everything you create. And thank you for coming on for episode numero two. Mm-hmm. Come back. I'm so excited just to start the year off. Like this is how, this is my only mindset for a new year is like new conversations, new things mm-hmm. happening. Like how can we like really like make this year our own And I'm just so excited. I hope people listen to this and their mindset going into the new year is like, I want to work on recovery. I want to work on better understanding myself. Like, I think let's, let's try to focus on like the things that, that really matter in the long Mm -hmm. run, you know, Mm -hmm. so that that helps, helps people. Yeah. I hope so too. Thanks. Before I forget, where can they find you on Instagram and also this amazing blog of yours? I remember when you asked me this last time and nobody had ever asked me that before. And I was like, my Venmo is (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> like you made a joke or something. But um, <laughs> I'll keep it serious. It's like okay. not put my little spin on it. Um, <laughs> so my Instagram is Eat With Care, and my website is Let's Eat With Care dot com because uh, they didn't have Eat With Care. So I put Let's. Because I love it. I know. That's a good word. Obviously, I know. I, we're, I like, we're like sisters. Sister <laughs> twins. Emily and Emily. Let's thrive and let's eat with care. I love Wait, it. I love, I it. love that. We should do like a collab or something. Make like. Oh a my god, guys! <laughs> oh my god. Okay, we need to talk. <laughs> collab 2021. Oh shit. Okay, I'm gonna stop this recording so nobody hears. But thank you. <laughs>